Welcome to Silverfin Capital's Finsights Podcast, hosted by Rich Piznoy, co-founder and principal of Silverfin Capital, lending expert, residential and commercial property owner, and sales and networking professional. This podcast is all about bringing people together for conversations exploring current trends, insights, and innovations around real estate, finance, and life. In this episode of the Silverfin Capital's Finsights Podcast, I am thrilled to have my longtime friend Rob Levin as our guest today. Rob is the chairman and co-founder of Work Better Now, a prominent virtual executive assistant firm that provides full-time dedicated talent from Latin America. In a little over five years, Rob and his partner Andrew Cohen have steered Work Better Now from a mere vision to a leading talent as a service firm. Additionally, Rob is a member of the Forbes Business Council, managing member of the Oasis Strategy Group, and he can play guitar like a young Ralph Macchio from the movie Crossroads. Join us as we take a deep dive into the history and makeup of Work Better Now and get some fantastic insights, or as we like to say, finsights, on what it takes to not only grow a successful business, but also have an outstanding career. Welcome to Finsights, Rob. Hey, Thanks for having me, Rich. It's great to be here virtually with you. See, if you're only closer, if you're only closer. We had lunch the other day and I was thinking when I left, I couldn't believe that it's been 34 years since we met in college. What did Ferris Bueller say? Life moves pretty fast. Okay. No it's amazing. All the things that you can go in between that time frame, but it's amazing to have you and see you again as always. Why don't we get rolling, my friend? So Good. besides these amazing accolades that I pointed out in my introduction, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, and what was the inspiration of Work Better Now? Please, the floor is yours. Thanks. After we did whatever we did in college, I'll give you just a quick background. I was actually a CPA, which a lot of people don't know, and those who know me now find hard to believe. I was a CPA with one of the big firms. I did that for four years. I learned a lot, including how to be a professional, how to work with clients and stuff. And that was really, really helpful for me that it's still paying off dividends. I went to the West Coast, got my MBA, came back to New York, and I then ran a few different small, rapidly growing companies, first as a CFO, then a CEO. The last of those gigs was not good. There was fraud going on in the company. I went to the board with it. They said they didn't want to change a thing and I couldn't believe it. So not only did I part ways with them, but I said, that's it. I'm never working for anybody again. And I started my first company, which was the New York Enterprise Report, a media company that served business owners in the tri-state area. That was back in 2003 with a website. And we launched our print magazine in 2004 and started doing events in 2004. And that was just an amazing ride, running a media company of business owners, people who essentially are my heroes. This right. is really a big part of the backbone of the success of this country. And here I was kind of like in the middle of this community and we ran the Small Business Awards for the New York area. It was just amazing. And I met so many people from people who were on the covers of the magazine, to just people who were attending our events, just amazing entrepreneurs, all different types of industries and business sizes. And I learned so much in doing that. And I ended up selling that about 10 years later. I kept a part of the company that was really essentially a marketing company that helped large companies market to small businesses. Companies like Amazon Web Services and SAP, and I don't even remember, cable companies. And it's a lot of large companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if we go back to right before I sold the New York Enterprise Report, and I'll save the backstory here, but I got my first assistant. The first one didn't really work out too well, but a few months later, I got another assistant 
from El Salvador through this other company. And it changed my world. I really wish I would have had an assistant when I started the business 10 years earlier. Just changed everything for me because all of a sudden I wasn't doing a lot of the things that A, I didn't enjoy and B, weren't adding that much value to the company. I had more free time. I was working on things that I really enjoyed that was helping me grow the business. Anyway, we fast forward to 2018 and you mentioned my partner, Andrew Cohen, who of course went to school with us way back when. So I'm on the West Coast for a business meeting and I said, look, I got extra time. Why don't you come and meet me? So we're literally in a bar in Portland, Oregon. And I said, you know, I really believe that every business owner should have an assistant. And I've been referring my friends who are business owners who are looking for an assistant to this other company. I think I can do a lot better. I'm going to start this virtual assistant company. That's how we started as a virtual assistant company. Andrew, as we know him as AC, said, oh, I'm in. I go, what do you mean you're in? He said, I'm going to do this with you. We're a few drinks in. I said, you know what? All right, we're going to split everything 50-50 and you're going to do all the work. And we started the business. There were several pivots, but the major pivot happened into the pandemic as we started to really grow. We realized that some of our clients were hiring two, three, four, five, six people. We're like, how many assistants do you need? Like (laughs) two, I get, but six? No, 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 Rob, we're hiring them. They have all these skills. We're putting them in different roles, marketing coordinators and customer service and inside sales. And then we pivoted to go from a virtual executive assistant company to really just providing incredible remote talent. We're now doing over 40 different roles for our clients. We have some clients with more than 10 of our work better now professionals. So it's been just an amazing six years, great growth, by far the most successful company that I've been a part of. And I feel like we're just getting started. We're proud, obviously. So congratulations on that. I love the story. For a second, I thought you were going to tell me that AC's like, no, I'm not going to be your executive assistant. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Obviously, my company, Silverfin Capital, we're a client of Work Better Now. And the truth is, we think you guys are absolutely terrific. You had informed me, and this is not how I put it, but you had informed me that your staff, your professionals are, you call them WBN professionals. I like it. The best part about it is it always has your company name in it, which is terrific. But every assistant that we've had from you guys, not only has worked hard, been very responsive, smart, professional, they've been nice as well. I mean, everybody is, they're on their game. The only thing I can say is I know that each member of your staff has many different functions and many support roles. And you touched on it with the 40 different types of things that are out there. Can you expand a little bit on that and maybe a little bit more and then really talk how you're vetting these people, because that's got to be very tough, especially with all the different types of roles that you offer. It really starts with intention. So back in that bar in 2018 in Portland, Oregon, when we were talking about this and there was a napkin, which I wish I would have saved, I wrote on the napkin. It's always a napkin, by the way. It's always a napkin. (laughs) uh, This really was a napkin. I wrote on the napkin, our talent comes first. And the reason I said that is I had worked with a couple of these companies that were providing people from Latin America. And they didn't care about the talent. It was all about the client. And what they didn't really realize is that, no, 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 it starts with the talent. And when you have great talent, the talent will take care of the client. And then it becomes a lot easier, a lot less churn, and everybody's happier. And I wrote, talent comes first. And AC was fully on board with that. So first, it starts with that intention. You have to have that intention. Then we back it up with a whole bunch of other things. First, we have an amazing employer brand in 19 countries, meaning 
we are somebody that top people want to work for because they've heard from friends and friends of friends that they're really good to their people and they have great clients, et cetera. Then we have this recruiting department that gets thousands of applications a month and through a proprietary process that we have not only built, but continuously evolved, we screen through them to get these days, it's about the top one and a half percent of the candidates that are then qualified to interview with our clients. We put them through some additional steps. And again, some of this is proprietary, but really, really screen carefully. And then we hand match. So as you went through, we have a consult with one member of our team, not only to understand what the role is, but what kind of person are you looking for? So then we hand match and we're starting to use some AI technology there too. We hand match the candidates that we have to get the top three that not only have the experience that you're looking for, but will also fit in with your company culture. Because that's really important too. Everything was designed to be, in a sense, customized or bespoke, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's been a big part of the reason that clients like you are really happy with the talent that we provide to them. Well, I got to tell you, as a company, and again, I can only speak for myself as far as using your product. And I say product, not saying that the individual people are product. I don't want to insult anybody. I don't know like that. But I mean, we've had assistants within our office before and 95% of them have not worked out. And it's unfortunate, but that's been the case. As I mentioned before, the staff that you guys have provided us, really, we've just blown away. They've been so spectacular. So again, great work on your end and their end for that matter. We certainly appreciate how you put that together. And I think everybody should have it. First of all, it's a credit to you guys to put together a training technique or a vetting technique. Vetting is never easy. And I think that how you guys have done it, at least from what we've seen and what we've read, it's just been spectacular. So again, congratulations to you guys. I think that's terrific. What size businesses are you guys looking to target? Is it the mom and pop? Is it Amazon? Or is it something in between? What is your focal point? We are targeting small and mid-sized businesses. So anybody with a couple of employees, and we actually have some business coaches that are just, it's just them. I would say the high end is somewhere around 300 employees. We have a couple of clients in the higher end of that range. We're not looking to work at least today, and I don't see that changing in the future with large companies. And a lot of that has to do with the culture that our talent thrives in, where the talent is really valued. And there is good big companies out there, but you're one in 10,000 employees or one in 1,000 employees. In a small and mid-sized business, every single role is critical. We also tend to look for clients and target clients that have good cultures because that's where we want to put our people. And those tend to be those small and mid-sized businesses. So that's our market. And that's the market we love. That's the market we love to serve. And our talent likes that market too. That's great. Plus, you also don't want to dilute it to some degree. Look, I'm not saying that there's not a ton of people out there that are talented, that have ability to thrive in these positions. But if you just throw everybody to the wind, it doesn't always help your reputation either. Or for that matter, their employment, because then you're going to have people that aren't happy and it's going to lead to other things. So Look, I know that business owners are using a lot of virtual assistants. Are you seeing more of an increase in other departments within an organization utilizing the services? On top of that, are you seeing more shared staff members as opposed to one-to-one? It's kind of across the board. Not all, but many of our clients start with getting an executive assistant for the business owner. By the way, we still do that. We still provide executive assistance, and we still believe very, very firmly every business owner should have an assistant. We also borrow the Jack Daly quote, 
the amazing world-renowned speaker, Jack Daly. And we just did an event with him, which you got to see online. And Jack says, if you don't have an assistant, you are one. We also believe very much in the strategic coach, Dan Sullivan philosophy, that as a business owner, if you really want to grow your business, you got to work within your unique ability. Your unique ability does not include doing administrative work or anything else that isn't really helping to grow the company significantly. So a lot of clients start there and then they realize like, wow, this person is amazing. Because let's take a step back for a second. We have to remember that for small and mid-sized businesses in the US and in Canada, there's a talent crisis. Large companies, what did we read about them last year? They were laying off people. Small and mid-sized businesses can't find great people. There's a shortage of great talent. Doesn't mean that there isn't great talent in this country, but it's really hard to find. There's less people looking for jobs than there are jobs posted, again, mostly by small and mid-sized businesses. So we have found this amazing talent source in Latin America. And clients then, depending on the business, marketing coordinators are very popular, bookkeeping yeah. support, whether it's somebody working in QuickBooks or chasing receivables. We're seeing a lot of people now involved in the sales process, not outbound dialing for dollars type stuff, but inside sales where there's an inbound inquiry, as well as business development support, doing the research so that the salesperson could spend as much time with prospects as opposed to doing the research. Let our people do the research. And then the salesperson is just out there on the phone, meeting with clients, et cetera. So we're seeing a lot of that as a lot of companies are realizing that customer expectations continues to increase. And I blame that or thank Amazon for it, however you want to look at it. (laughs) A lot of our clients are saying, you know what, we're going to use some WBN professionals to better support our clients so that they're getting faster turnaround times and just better support in general. And like I said, there's 40 different roles. So it's kind of widespread, but those are some of the more popular ones. Well, look, I appreciate you breaking that down because the truth is, again, as a business owner, at some point, Many, many business owners, and I would probably tell you 80% plus, and myself was included in that, especially early on, was that we always think, one, we're going to do it better than everybody else, even if it's changing the ink in the printer. So freeing up some time, freeing up some space with professionals that can handle these roles, I'm not just talking about changing ink in a printer, but to your point with some of the marketing, with reviewing websites, to doing just, I like to say, a kaleidoscope of things it really frees up a ton of time and it really gives you the ability to go and grow your business a little bit more. Your staff, I would assume that they're bilingual just because they're from Latin America. Do you guys have any staff members that speak other languages? Are you trying to, or do you foresee moving into other markets? Is that a goal that you have? Yeah. So they're all bilingual. Their first language is either Spanish or Portuguese because we have some people in Brazil. They all have terrific English, both verbal and written, and some more than others. As far as expanding into markets, there's two ways we can do that. We can get talent from other parts of the world, or we can also get clients from other parts of the world, in addition to US and Canada. And I will tell you that we have no plans to do either. We have a great pipeline of talent to support our growth out of Latin America. So we're good there. And we have a little over 200 clients right now and just serving the US and Canada. And we want to get to thousands. And there's plenty of really good companies out there. I mean, there's 5,000 companies on the Inc. 5,000. These are fast growing companies, just using one example. We are dead set on just getting better within our current markets and continuous improvement. And we have plenty of opportunity just doing what we're doing. 
most people have some influential people or a person in their life, like a mentor or so, or just really somebody that kind of puts you in the right direction. For you, who has that been or who continues to be a big influence in your life and why? I've been blessed because remember, I had this magazine and in the beginning, the first maybe five years, I did the cover story interview. So Danny Meyer and Norm Brodsky and Stu Leonard. And I mean, I can go on and on and on. And I got to meet all these people. Plus, I got to meet just so many amazing entrepreneurs that you never heard of. I'm going to come back to that in a second. The first cover story we had was with legendary entrepreneur Norm Brodsky. And 20 years later, Norm and I are the best of friends. And Norm's been an amazing influence on me. He's the sharpest, quickest mind when it comes to analyzing a business situation and kind of knowing exactly what to do. And he's been with me. In your ear. And in my ear for 20 years. The next person who comes to mind is Jack Daly, who's become a friend, I would say, for the past 15 years. I've learned so much from him. In fact, I'm working on a blog now on how the different Jack Daly philosophies have helped shape work better now. And I'm really looking forward to doing that. There's so many different ones. I remember interviewing Danny Meyer from Union Square Hospitality and Shake Shack, and I run into Danny every once in a while. And I remember Danny saying he puts his talent first, not his customers first, and he's in the high-end restaurant business. And that really made me think a little bit. There's people you may not even have heard of, like Steve Messer, who was on the cover with his sister. They sold a business for like $400 million in 2006 or so. And I remember him telling me a story of when they were just building this affiliate marketing business in the 90s. Internet was still a new thing. And he told all of his staff, if any of you answer a customer service inquiry, you're going to be fired on the spot. And I was like, customer service wasn't important. (laughs) He goes, of course, customer service is important to me. He goes, but we had to build our product. And if we would have stopped every time to answer an inquiry, we would have never built our product that led right, to nothing would have done. and led us to help millions of companies. I just saw him last summer. I ran into him and I told him that story. And then there's people that I don't even know if he was ever in the magazine, a common friend of ours, Damon Gersh, who's one of the most yep. impressive entrepreneurs I've ever met and has now become a good friend. And I've learned so much from guys like Damon who, again, very few people have heard of, but one of the most amazing entrepreneurs in terms of building a company exactly the way he wanted it to, to serve his lifestyle that did, when he sold it, he did well, his staff did well. I mean, just an an incredible person. So I've been really blessed to know so many incredible entrepreneurs and you learn a little bit here and there and then you put it to you. So I've been very fortunate that way. It's great. And by the way, Damon was on our podcast, if you don't know. I I, I, I heard podcast. (laughs) You make a great point. Yeah, you can pull a little bit from a lot of different people, and it it is amazing what you can learn. You need to take advantages of those opportunities to pay attention and listen and hear and learn from these individuals. Or again, it's missing opportunity that is staring you right in the face. So these are all great people, and the fact that you got to know them very well is fantastic. Look, you're a CPA, you're a CEO, you got your MBA, now you're Mr. Chairman. You have a lot of business acumen. When it comes down to it, how important is structure for an individual as well as an organization? We started using a system, I don't know, I guess a year and a half ago called EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System. There are other similar systems, but EOS seems to be blowing up these days. And it has been instrumental for our entire organization because we have these weekly leadership meetings. Each department has these weekly, they're called L10 meetings. They follow a very fixed structure. 
And what that does is it makes sure that you focus on the big stuff. So everybody in the company has these rocks every quarter, and that's your big priority for the quarter. There's clarity on all that. We're removing the mutual mystification, which is what exactly are you focusing on right now? It's very clear from an organization standpoint, a department standpoint, down to the individual. And we have the metrics that are reviewed every week. So that's been instrumental. In the past, I've kind of cobbled together different things, but for us, EOS has been instrumental. And then as an individual, I don't know how structured I am as an individual. I know I'm focused on these rocks, at least on the business side. I kind of have goals on the personal side, but certainly within the business I do, I have these, my own rocks sure. in the company. But then for like non-business stuff, I'm getting more into habits personally. So one habit is I work out five days a week. That's a non-negotiable habit. That, by the way, when you have those habits, that leads to your goals. That leads to you accomplishing your goals. Basically, from what I get from what you're saying, one on the business side is structure is important because you don't want to start going through the malaise of a day, not knowing what you're doing, or your staff members not knowing what you're doing. It's easy for a business to fail when you don't have that. I can sit here and say from an individual, let's say an employee standpoint, they have to be as structured as the business does. But there's a lot of people that can get intimidated by just the sheer thought of even a small business owner that says, well, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to put together a team that does marketing, or I don't know how to do a SWOT analysis so that I can put my marketing properly together, or even just structure the company. And it always takes some time. Where do you think somebody like that can learn that trade or just by speaking to people, reading some books, just some thoughts? The reason we got interested in EOS is we read a book called Traction maybe two years ago. I read the book. I told AC to read it. He read it. We both said, we need to do this because I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years. Plus, I ran some other companies. AC's been an entrepreneur. And we were pretty good. As the company was scaling, we were like, hey, we got something here. We got to really put some structure around what we're doing. And we gravitated to this EOS model. And we actually hired one of these EOS implementers to help us to do it. But I know several people that read the book and they're implementing EOS or something like it themselves. So I would start with a book like that. There's also a book called Scaling Up, which is quite similar. It's really about putting systems in place so that you don't have to kind of rethink everything and you can focus on the creativity that everybody in the company needs to put into, whether it's working with clients, working internally. In my case, I'm the visionary of the company. I need structure so I know what I need to accomplish, but I also need time to think five years out so that we continue to be light years ahead of the competition and also knowing where our clients are going. What are some of the problems that we think they're going to have in a few years that we can solve? How do we go in and solve that? Out of that thinking, by the way, came the WBN Academy, which we're now piloting this year. And we're going to be rolling out all of our professionals later this year. Look, business is changing. We as individuals and as companies need to always be increasing our capabilities. And we're rolling out WBN Academy to help our professionals expand the capabilities of our clients with things, let's say, such as AIs, artificial intelligence. We're integrating into the company now, and we're going to help our professionals roll it out to our clients throughout this year and then getting into next year. And you don't do that. You can't get there without having the time to think, and you can't do that without having structure in place. So you're getting the day-to-day -day stuff done, and you can really have time to focus on the strategic stuff as well. I think you ended that question fantastically. 
And I mean it just in the sense that from the vision, you need to feel secure in the fact that things are going to get done and move in the proper way. So the structure really helps you with your vision. By the way, the first time I'm hearing about the WBN Academy. So I think that's going to be fantastic. And it there's your vision. There's your visionary. I think that's amazing. I'd love to hear that in the future about how that goes. We talked about this recently. You had an event with Jack Daly. For those people that don't know who he is, he's a professional sales coach. He's a trainer, keynote speaker. First of all, it was terrific. I appreciate the invite. I really was blown away. I mentioned to you before we actually started this podcast and I got jacked up is what he likes to say or how what people like to re refer to him as or getting when you follow him a little bit. It was inspiring. Jack states poetically that we all have the same hours in a week, but some of us use those hours better than others. How do you get employees to use those hours in a more productive fashion? I think it comes back to what I said earlier, which is rocks, which is every employee, everybody on the team has these rocks. These are things that this is your top goal or goals. I think most people have two to three per quarter. And there's things that come up that you have to do. But I'll give you an example. One of the people on my team, Marina, helped produce this Jack Daly event. And she did it, by the way, from Latin America, from 3,000 miles away. Today's Friday. We had the event on Wednesday. And I spoke with her yesterday. She's also, I just put her in charge of our referral partner program. Our referrals are the lifeblood of our business. And now having somebody in charge of referrals and working with the referral partners should be able to really accelerate the growth of the new business we get from referrals. Now that the Jack Daly event is over, I said, all right, Marina, you know your big rock is around referrals. It's all about referrals. Now it's a new thing for her. So I said, look, you come to me, you come to her. She needs to come to her manager when you have a question because it's brand new stuff. She's not following a template. We're really inventing this yeah. as we go along, but this is her priority. Every day when you come in, how do I move the referral program partner ahead a step? So by the end of the quarter, I've hit whatever metrics I need to have. Having those metrics helps, but it's also about giving your employees the right tools. Do you have the right technology in place? Do you have good processes and procedures so things aren't being reinvented every time, but you don't have stupid processes and procedures that have no purpose, but are just bureaucratic in nature? Have you cleared a path for them so that the bullshit is removed. And do you have a culture, by the way, of accountability, of being open and honest with one another? And this is something that we focus a lot on. And I think because of that, we use Microsoft Teams as like as a yeah, we chat. use it as well. Yeah, we use and it as well. There's one chat, which is everybody on the team. And I wasn't on it for a long time and now I'm on it. And it's amazing. It's like you see the messages in the morning. Hey team, it's a brand new day. Let's move the needle. Let's make our clients happy. Let's make our RPs happy. And at the end of the day, I hope you had a great day and really helped grow the company. It's part cultural. It's pretty Absolutely. Cool. And it's important to have a positive outlook on it. So look, the starting day, as little as things like that is, the, hey, let's have a great day, it actually works. We do something similar here. It's fantastic. Remember, yeah. we're 100% remote. Everybody's working right. from their home, or in my case, my office here in Manhattan. We're 100% remote. So people said like, oh, you can't get remote to work. Bullshit. You can't. <laughs> well, I think everybody having, learned it soon. It starts with having that focus on having a great culture. I think through the pandemic, it worked for a lot of industries and or people are realizing how it can work now for a lot more industries. So it's amazing. It really is. In fact, is, is that the nice thing is, is that you can coordinate your entire company through one small office. So I think that's fascinating. When people are selling to you, 
How important do you think it is for them to drink the Kool-Aid, to believe in everything that they're selling? What are your thoughts? I actually think there's a lot of people out there that don't need it. They don't need to drink the Kool-Aid. They can have a business that just makes money and that works for them. That doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for my partner. In fact, if you think about almost everything I've mentioned today, we built this business because, first of all, let me take a step back. AC and I have known you for over 30 years. You're a client. You think we want to disappoint you? Absolutely not. Right? So we built this business, not to say issues don't come up. Of course they do, especially when your service is providing humans. But we built this business so that we've done and we continue to do everything that we can possibly do so that everybody, our clients, our talent, and our team has a great experience. So for us, it's critical to drink the Kool-Aid. Absolutely critical. We live and breathe the, the product. Look, I'll tell you a quick little story. At the Jack Daly event, somebody came up to me that I never met before, and they were a client. And I said, thank you for being a client. Thank you for coming to the event. I said, how's it going? They said, oh, the person we have is pretty good. I go, wait a second. Why are they just pretty good? Oh, well, <laughs> it is an issue. But he goes, don't worry about it. I go, no, 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 no. We're not okay with pretty good. And I don't want you to be okay with pretty good. I took a picture of his name badge. I forwarded it to some people in the company who, if they haven't, I'm sure they've already reached out to them and said, hey, I heard things are only pretty good. And we're going to fix, and that we have a number of ways of dealing with that. Maybe the professional is not on the same page and we just need to help get alignment between the client and the work better now professional. Or maybe it's just not a good fit and we need to make a change. Whatever it is, believe me, we drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> That's great. So let's talk a little bit about how important it is to have kind of an escape outside of work. I'm not just talking about family. You're a big music buff. You play guitar. We talk about it. You like your single malts and your whiskey. How can these things help with your just really everyday well-being? I heard this for years, but it really took a long time for it to sink in. You don't live to work. You work to live. We can go back to our buddy, Damon, who really helped that sink in for me just watching how he worked and how he lives his life. First of all, I love my work. So I do drink the Kool-Aid. I love working. I'm a guy and I have great weekends that says, thank God it's Monday because I just love what we do. And I love to help the talent. We hear from our people like, hey, now that I'm working for you guys, I can now buy a car. I can now buy a house. I can now help my parents out. It's amazing to hear that. And then you hear from our clients. I love the fact that I love what I do. Outside of that, we talk about Jack Daly. I'm trying to live life to the fullest. I've seen over a thousand concerts last year, 2023. I saw Dead and Company, the new version of The Grateful Dead, eight or nine times. If you're not sure why, I don't remember exactly the number. You probably haven't been to a Dead show. <laughs> and, and I go to martial arts class. I try to go once a week. And then I also take care of myself. I eat well. I exercise five days a week. I started meditating a few years ago, which has really been helpful for maybe the first 20 years out of school. I didn't sleep well, and that took a major toll on every part of my life. And I really focused on doing all of the things to sleep well, including getting this aura ring and stuff. And on top of that, one of the things I love to do most is to help people, whether it's help people who maybe I can help them with something I learned on the health side, or more often than not, it's helping business people. I just love to do it. Anytime somebody's got a challenge and they come to me, and for some reason, people do come to me with challenges. I've seen a lot. I have a very wide range of experiences. and I love to help 
business people. In many cases, it kind of comes easy to me. And by the way, I plan on doing that forever. Paying it forward. I just enjoy it, especially when you've had so many experiences that somebody comes along with a tough challenge. You're like, oh, I've seen that 10 times. Here's a couple of ways how I dealt with it. Sharing your experiences, it's great. It's very rewarding too. Giving your time to something like this is for us, first of all, we appreciate it, which is great, but that's also a way of helping. Donating your time, that's important for everybody to know. So first of all, again, thanks for paying that forward. That we appreciate. I guess here, final question or final couple of questions. One is Jazz Fest this year? Of course. It's already booked. Second weekend. (laughs) Second weekend. It's always a second weekend. And is AC still wearing a bandana in the office? No, no, it's not. (laughs) Now he's, I wore it yesterday. He designs our work better now swag and sweatshirts and stuff. So he's usually got one of those on. Well, look, Rob, first of all, you've said it all. I don't know what all is, but you've said a lot of it. I know you a long time, but hearing, learning a little bit more about you, your thoughts, your business, work better now. It's been awesome. It's been incredible. As I mentioned before, we appreciate your time, but we also appreciate your thoughts. We appreciate your finsights. We look forward to a continuing working relationship, but obviously my friendship with you and AC, I look forward to having that for a long time. So we certainly appreciate you coming on and giving us your time. So first of all, thank you. And I loved hearing about Work Better Now. It was such a fascinating way of how you guys started the business. A lot of them happen. It's almost like a movie. We wrote on this napkin, another way of solving the energy crisis. <laughs> but you ended up with the Work Better Now. And, and the truth is, you're giving a lot of people a lot of opportunity and you're helping a lot of businesses. So that's fantastic. Also, we want to thank the listeners, the viewers. We hope everybody enjoyed the conversation. And if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to Finsights at silverfincapital.com. Look, everybody have a great day. Rob, you rock the house, my friend. Thanks awesome. for having me, Rich. And I'm so glad that we reconnected and had lunch a few weeks ago. And I'm looking forward now, now that we have reconnected, looking forward to hanging some more in the near future. Sounds good. All the best. You got it. Thanks for joining. Talk to you soon, buddy. Be well.